Hello, horror fans. This is Jamie from The Skeleton Crew, Evil Episodes, The ABCs of Hidden Horror, Liken It, Dark Regions Radio, and The Cinema Beef Podcast. Phew, I'm a busy girl. I don't always have time to listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer Kill the Cast. gotta be a way of killing it. How? How do we do it? You can't. Bullshit. You still don't understand what you're doing, Mr. Ian. Perfect organism. It's structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. You admire it. I admire its purity. Survival. I'm clouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. I've heard enough of this, and I'm asking you to pull the plug. Last word. I can't lie to you about your chances, but. You have my sympathies. I'm gonna hide this tape when I'm finished. If none of us make it, at least there'll be some kind of record. Storm's been hitting us hard now for 48 hours. We still have nothing to go on. thing. I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns, but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody... Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. There's nothing else I can do. Just wait. RJ McCready, helicopter pilot, US outpost number 31. Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry. And as always, I am joined by the quotable and cute Jay. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo signing off. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> I was so curious as to what you would go with, if it was going to be Alien, The Thing, Who's Quote. So th that was actually really funny. Um, and also joining us, as always, is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. What's up? 
Great, great, great introduction there. Um, so let's today. Well, before we get into today, uh, Jay, how you been? Uh, okay. The story work at's closing, but I've already got another job lined up, so up and down, but we're okay. Always good. Uh, Kenneth, how you been? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, I picked up three Shout Factory releases, Ginger Snaps, The First Return of the Living Dead, and uh, Lord of Illusions, so I'm pretty stoked about that, and I've had some time to watch some good horror movies lately, so woo! That's some, that's some good choice of picking up Return of the Living Dead. It's almost like you're about to get the second one on Blu-ray sent to you. Right? God damn, it's like I've got this thing in my brain and in my heart that says, it's coming. Yeah. I'm so gl- glad, like, I I only will buy a bootleg if it's done, like, very well and, like, just absolutely does not look like we're going to get a release for it. And when I saw someone did a proper bootleg Blu-ray release of Return of the Living Dead and they weren't charging a lot for it, I was like, I'm going to need three copies. One for me, one for Jay, and one for Kenneth. Let's make this happen. Now, the biggest thing I'm stoked about, man, is that original audio, dude. Because <laughs> that damn DVD release of the audio fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I've never watched the DVD. Actually, I don't even think I've ever seen the second one. It's good. It's not as good as the first one, but it's, it's better than the third one. I know I've seen the first. I know I've seen the third, but I don't think I've ever seen the second. Well, the second one is chock full of, like, 80s, 80s kind of metal music. You know what I'm saying? But it's real cool. And when they did the DVD release... I don't know whether they had enough money or whatever to copyright whatever the fuck, the reason why they couldn't put it in there, but it's not in there. And so I grew up watching the VHS when I was a kid. And so watching it on DVD now, it ain't there. And I'm like, it, it just don't sound right. It, 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 it's weird. Weird. Yeah. So uh, I'm doing good. Um, I've, uh, I'm working on trying to move into an apartment. So hopefully. Oh, you fuck about you. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Kenneth is my dad, and Jay is my mom. Um, Don't you hate it when mommy and daddy fight? <laughs> no, because then they divorce and I get two Christmases. What up? <laughs> Woo! I had a Super Nintendo at my dad's and a Sega Genesis at my mom's. Nice. All right, so uh, without further ado, we have the first and hopefully a long-running series we're going to do. Um called Horror Coliseum, where we're going to take two movies and put them head-to-head and see who wins the title. For our first one, we decided to go big. Um, And we're going to find out what is the best sci-fi horror movie ever made. And I I, I know there's going to be a few people that will be like, The Fly! And I'll be like, no, it's Alien or John Carpenter's The Thing. Those Those are the two head honchos of that genre combo nation thing and uh we're gonna we're gonna fight it out basically what we're going to do is we decided uh we have our personal preferences but what if we broke it down and looked at it from a technical aspect and even have a technical aspect there's gonna be some opinions in there um and some disagreements but at least we'll be able to judge a technical aspect towards our personal feelings so we broke it down into certain categories the categories we are going to talk about it's story Character development, pacing and editing, atmosphere, scenery set design, acting, special effects, kills and gore, monster, hero, soundtrack, scare factor, entertainment, rewatchability, pop culture status. Um, These are all being scored out of 10 for a total of 150 points. 
So, without further ado... By let's... the way, I have to say something. I have to say something real quick. Okay. For all those people out there, so that way we don't catch a whole bunch of shit, we're not saying that The Fly sucks. We're just saying these two <laughs> movies are better. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's going to stop you from catching any shit now. Uh, either way, but Dude, The I Fly said, was a good movie. I said A Nightmare but... on Elm Street sucks. Fucking bring it. But, you I'm know, ready for The this. Fly was good. But these I'll just wait till you open that uh, roll of posters I sent you. Then you'll see my ultimate revenge. I, I, he sent me a roll of posters. It's all going to be Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, it's just the entire <laughs> series. Nice. And yeah, that um, actually reminds me. I can't wait to get my Ninja Gaiden poster. Yeah, I need to send yours out still. God damn you. Huh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I'm so stoked about getting this poster. I've Jerry paid for his own shipping. I'm paying for your shipping. I just need to get another tube. I'll PayPal you a couple of bucks. Shit, it costs more. Well, mine costs more than a couple of bucks, but poster shipping is not cheap. That those poster tubes always are expensive. It pisses me off. But let's let's stay on topic here. Okay, yeah, so topic. first let's talk about Alien from 1979. Um, I'm not going to go through all the stats because you should know all the stats. You should have seen this movie multiple times. You should know. Everything about this movie. I shouldn't have to tell you box office or any of that. You should know. Right. So, let, you, let we're going to kick off talking about Alien with Kenneth. Kenneth, tell us about Alien. This is one of those that I grew up with. It, I mean, I, obviously I watched, uh, my, as though most people, most people have seen the second one before they saw the first one. I saw Aliens before I saw the first one. But when I saw the first one, I was blown away by it. The I like the set design, you know. I especially dig, dig, you know, the Nostromo itself, the story behind it, the whole everything. I mean, this is one of those movies that's near and dear to my heart, just because of the simple fact that I grew up with it, and it looks amazing. I mean, for especially for 1979, a movie like this, it looks amazing, and for it to be a sci-fi horror, I loved it. I thought it was great. Jay, how do you feel about Alien? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> oh my God. no, no, I, uh, I enjoy it. I know I watched it as a kid, but you know how you watch it, you watch things as a kid and you don't quite take them in. So it wasn't until I, until I was older that I was actually able to watch them again and appreciate them for what they are. Uh, especially since a lot of it is tension. And when you're a kid, tension is boring because nothing is going on. But, uh, but yeah, no, just like Kenneth said, they're great movies. Um, especially the the design for the alien itself is something that'll always stick out in my mind as being awesome because they did it with a suit and an actor the proper way. Yes. Yeah, look at the xenomorph, it's iconic, man. Man, uh, I know for me personally, like when I saw this movie as a kid, I was so pissed off that I couldn't see more of the alien. Like, I never got a good look at him and I always just wanted to see more. And, uh, right. I, like, I didn't even see Aliens until, like, I was a teenager. I'd only seen Alien. And, uh, but I bought all the toys because I just liked, I wanted to see more of the Alien. Uh, this, this movie is one, one of the, like, close to perfect movies when it comes to building atmosphere, building tension. It's, uh, it is a story that, while very classic, does it in its own way, and, completely changed what could be done with a sci-fi horror movie. I think this was like 
one of the best. I think it affected sci-fi as a whole, not just sci-fi horror. Uh, I definitely right. think it raised the bar in a way that, like, certain other big sci-fi movies, like 2001 A Space Odyssey, just could never reach the point where Alien did and, like, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back did. Like, they just raised the bar on what could be done and it be widely loved. Because well, as good as 2001 is, it's one of those movies that not everyone's going to love it. And a lot of the mass public is just going to be like, no, no thanks. But Alien is one of those that everyone has seen. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the white girl at Starbucks getting your pumpkin spice on. You've seen Alien. Right. I'm, I kind of feel the same way, man. I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, the I bet people after this were just like, now, have you seen Empire? Have you seen Alien? We're going to make a sci-fi movie? We need to fucking bring our A-game. 100%. And, this, man, it's like, obviously there's going to be spoilers in this, but if you haven't seen these movies, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know point. why you're listening to this episode if you haven't seen these movies. Go watch right. them. Crazy yeah. pants. C- crazy pants. But, that, but the, <laughs> the, the crazy thing is that goes back to what I was saying before. There's a lot of people out there that have never seen the first one. They've only seen from Aliens on. You know, and, and, and obviously Aliens is one of the most popular, but that's all they've seen. And, and the fucking AVP series. Yeah. Oh, mm, I love those movies. I don't care what anybody says. I like the first one. If you haven't seen the director's cut of Alien, by the way, you need to see it because there's two additional scenes that improve this movie so much. One uh, improves the tension, um, which, I mean, is already doing very well for itself, but it it just brings it a step up. Um, And another one towards the end of the movie really, really brings the horror in. in Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I've got the director's cut going on the TV right now. So, I don't think I'll watch the theatrical anymore. Uh, after watching the director's cut for this and watching the theatrical, no, I'll watch the director's cut every time for the rest of my life. Yeah, I probably will too. So okay. unless I, unless we do another podcast about it. Yeah, because I mean, like, I have all these notes for this movie that I'm probably never going to use because we're not reviewing the actual movie. But, yeah, I've got two pages myself. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to use these. So, uh, so does anyone have anything else they want to say about Alien? If you uh, haven't seen it, fucking watch it. Yeah. Okay. So next, we're going to get into John Carpenter's The Thing. This is one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. Um, if you did not know that, now you know. I adore this movie. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I love everything about this movie. Um, from from the story, it's one of the best remakes ever. And this is an example of if you're going to remake something, put your own twist on it. And even though this remake was more aligned to the book than the, the movie, that the, the first movie, it still took it and made it its own thing. And if you're going to do a remake, do that. Make it your own thing. Otherwise, why are you... I don't understand why you're making a remake. And John Carpenter's a thing is up there with The Fly as, like, some of the best remakes 
ever to grace film. And I don't think, I've never met anyone who's like, oh yeah, John Carpenter's thing, that movie's terrible. Never once have I met anyone who said that. I have. What? Who are they? Let's burn them at the stake. We'll get into uh, the actual names of these people in a later conversation. Uh, no, I, didn't, I think you need you to know tell them. them their address, uh, everything right here, and we should all just send them like uh, those those mails that blow up with glitter or the ones that poop in them. <laughs> no, you can't send poop. That's a federal offense. Oh, okay. Well, glitter and fake dog poop. Sure. Okay. Glitter covered fake dog poop. Yeah. See, there we go. We're getting this through this way. So, uh, Jay, I I know much like me, you are a huge fan of the thing. Yes. Oh, word, lordy, yes. <laughs> you couldn't even get that sentence out. You were so excited. I'm very half chub right now. Skeet skeet. <laughs> so, what is it about the thing that you just love so much, Jay? Um. It mostly comes down to the creature effects. Um, at the time of my first real viewing, again, this is one I remember seeing as a kid, but not like appreciating or even remembering. I just remembered that I saw it. Um, and then I watched it. I don't know how old I was, 16, 17, something like that. And at the time, it was probably some of the craziest practical effect creature designs I had ever seen. Um, Because my experience with horror movies, for the most part, up until seeing the thing, was uh, like slasher movies, like all the the 90s stuff. Like, I know what you did last summer and and so on and so forth. Uh, But I just, it blew my mind to see some of the stuff they did in that movie. Like, I didn't know horror could be that (laughs) you know what i mean i hadn't started expanding my my views just yet yeah for for me like yeah the special effects always give me for me one of the biggest things i loved about this movie is the paranoia and distrust of other people in extreme circumstances oh yeah yeah oh definitely that just like throughout the entire movie it just grows and grows and teeters and spills over and and it's it's Oh man, it's a, it is an experience to watch this and then put yourself in that position and be like, shit, I'd be doing the same thing. Like, there is no one sane person the entire time. Everyone has their ups and downs, and it's amazing. Um, Kenneth, uh, you like the thing. You're a fan. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy watching it. It's one of those that I watched a little bit later on in life. Um, you know, I wasn't in my twenties. I think I was like, you know, seventeen or eighteen the first time I watched it. But uh, ugh, sorry, I got this face hugger. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, it's. Uh, I got to give it credit for special effects. It was really good. Um, I thought the tension between everybody in the in it was really really good. Um, to me. You know, I think it's more of a people against people with badass special effects movie. Uh, you yeah. know, because to me, that's pretty much what it is. It's everybody against everybody, and then the actual creature is just there. Yeah, the creature is what, what pits them against each other. Um, right. But it's very, very much people v. people. What's funny is, uh, so y'all know what the poster looks like. It's very iconic. Mm-hmm. When I thing? yes. When I was younger, 
after I watched this movie, I couldn't. I never understood the cover because I was like, they never go in the water. Why is he wearing like early 1900 scuba gear? <laughs> and it wasn't until way later on where I saw like a really clear picture of it that it, I realized it was a snow jacket. Mm-hmm. And I've Get always felt I, I've always felt really dumb about that, and I just wanted to share with everyone how stupid I was as a as a kid. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. We're about to break down categories, get into scores, and explain why we scored things the way we did. And the first one that we're getting into is the story. Because without the story, what do you have? Uh, Some badass special effects. (laughs) Yeah, but the story's got to have... Nope, you shouldn't have asked that silly question. You know what? You're right. I I am. I guess I never grew out of being dumb. So, Jay. Yes. Since since you want to call me dumb, we're gonna start with you, Jay. Okay. What is your score for Alien for Story? I gave it an eight out of ten. All right. Why is that? Uh. Well. So, just so I'm clear for everybody at home. 10 out of 10s are when things are absolutely perfect for me. And, and that's only in my own opinion. I can't, you know, I've, I've never been to film school. I don't know anything about writing or plot structure. So I can't speak to a very technical aspect. I can only speak to like how it flowed and the pacing and everything else. And Alien is just a solid 8 out of 10 for so, me. So you've uh, never seen Citizen Kane? I've never seen Citizen Kane. And I probably will never see Citizen Kane. <laughs> Casablanca? Oh. Nope. Oh. God damn. Wow. You're missing out on some gems. <laughs> Fuck that classic 10 out of 10 shit. Um, well, you've seen Seven Samurai, though, right? Yes, I love that movie. Okay, well, at least you've seen one of the, like, big three. Does um, Citizen Kane have Samurais in it? Because I'll watch it if it has Samurais in no, it. No, it's got Woo! Rosebud. <laughs> It's, it's Rosebud. Yeah, I should. Well, I'll watch it eventually. Like I, I can't die without watching something that's hailed as one of the best movies ever. But true. Okay. So, either way. Okay. So, what did you give a story rating for the thing? Uh, that one got a nine. It was a little bit closer. Um, mainly because I don't know. I don't know why I gave it a higher score. It was just a better story to me. I was more interested in that story. Than I was in the story behind Alien. Okay, okay. All right, uh, Kenneth, what is your score for story for Alien? Eight. Okay, so you're right there with Jay. Uh, why, why is it mm-hmm. an eight? Um, I, I agree with Jay. You know, I can't, I can't give it an extremely technical. But the one thing that I can say is that even though you know this movie's got you know it's a solid story. But at the same time, it's also a typical story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these people, they go somewhere that they're not supposed to fucking go or, or, or where they're sent to go. And they get there and they come across this creature and they're in this creature's habitat and they end up bringing it back with them because the company or whatever else wants them to bring it back. It's pretty typical, you know, and, but it's solid. It goes all the way through and, and so on, you know, but it just was typical to me. And that's the only reason. OK, so what's your rating for the thing? The exact time. For the exact same reason. But they didn't go where they weren't supposed to be, Kenneth. 
It came to them. <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> it was no, someone Nor- else's fuck up. Yeah, the Norwegians went to this, or whatever the fuck they were. Was was it Norwegians or was it whatever it was? It was Nor- Nor- Norwegians or Swedish people. Yeah, it was Swedes. Yeah. They're Norwegian, Mac. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's the exact it's the exact same thing. It's a typical, you know. It, to me, it's both stories are pretty typical. Gotcha. So okay, I I came in higher on Alien I than both of y'all. I gave it a nine. Um, it's a super solid story, and I feel the first time you watch this, you never know who is going to make it through. Even Ripley, I feel like you don't know until the very end if even she's going to make it through. And I love that they did such a good job of writing in the claustrophobia and writing in the tension for it to be there even like and I just really like what it did with its archetype of its main character um for the thing I uh, I also gave it a nine because uh well the the dialogue to it is fantastic it 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 writes in human emotion and how a human would really react in such a stressful situation with them mentioning them have not being able to sleep and all this um the dialogue is just amazing uh the mystery that this movie has is fantastic when the first time you watch this you almost immediately want to watch it again just to try to try to figure out this mystery more you know with the big ending of Child's going man is there any sign that he did this like that is just a well well worked mystery the plot is fantastic um because even what can, what some people consider plot holes in this movie i don't necessarily see as plot holes because certain things they deliberately leave to leave open and leave for you to question both ways to help build the mystery and because of that because of its mystery i gave it a nine and for alien because of its claustrophobia um, with certain things they say and how it did the archetype of its main hero, I those are the reasons I gave the story both a nine on both ends. Um, cool. I, I, I don't feel I'm not. I understand where Kenneth is coming from with the typical story, but I feel like they. I don't. I don't feel like the thing is a typical story at all. Um, I can kind of see where it is with Alien, but I feel like the way they did it gives it enough originality that it's not a typical story in this but i get where he's coming from because at a certain point every story is a certain core that everyone follows yeah i mean you know coming through the ages you know when we had that big boom of you know sci-fi movies in like uh you know the 50s uh, you know, around then and whatnot. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, and, it, but the thing about it is, is, you know, when it, when it comes to a lot of movies out there, you know, every one of them is going to have a, a core that matches somebody else. I mean, that's just the way it is. And that's the reason why I couldn't give it a perfect score, because if it was something that was 100% completely original that nobody had ever heard of or anything, you know, it would have been different. And you can't really say that for the thing, because the thing is a very loosely based remake, but it was still really good. But the point is, is that even in both of them, you've got both of these stories that are pretty much run in line with, with things that came before them. And it's always going to happen. So it's not, I'm not saying that the story was bad and I'm not saying that it's not worth a higher score. Hence the reason why I gave it an eight. I just don't think it was a perfect movie. You get what I mean? I mean, it's no Jaws. I understand that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the exorcist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Jay, yeah, what? It's definitely no Friday the Thirteenth. Ah, fuck! Yeah. I, I ruined my own joke. What? Which Friday the Thirteenth is a perfect? I movie? meant to say Nightmare on Elm Street since we were all just listing oh. our favorite movies, and I totally fucked that up. I'm uh, gonna go away now. You guys can finish the show without me. All right. Well, since he's gone, Kenneth, let's get into character development. Um, character Jesus. and character development. What do you rate Alien? Nine. Nine. Let explain this nine. What really got me? I'm still laughing at Jay. I'm sorry. It's cool. <laughs> what really got me for the character development of Alien is when they're all sitting around the table at the beginning. At the beginning, right after they get up, you know, and they're all sitting around and they're having like this kind of you know work workplace family oriented kind of deal. You start. You really see how each one of these characters is in a, in a in a happy situation but the thing about it is is even in this happy situation that gives you the forerunner of what they're going to be like in a shitty situation you know like ash he's kind of weird to begin with in the beginning situation you know a, even though he's in that family type area he's still kind of weird and you can almost already pick up that he's going to be you know the one that's kind of eh, you know and the same thing with uh, the only one that threw me off was ripley in dallas that was the only one that really threw me off in the beginning because I, I was, I was thinking that it was going to be Dallas, that it was going to be the, the badass, you know what I'm saying? But it turned out to be Ripley. But each one of them, you can see, and you can see how the, uh, you know, I can't remember the characters' names, but the black guy and the skinnier white dude, the ones that work together when they work on shit, you know, you can see how those two guys are kind of like the, the slacker fuck off comedy relief, but yet not, you know, and you can kind of see how the other chick. Uh, I can't remember what her character name is, is how she was going to be that really annoying, overly, like, breakdown into kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to put so, it. So the, bla- the black guy is Parker, the white guy is Brett, the woman you're talking about is Lambert. Lambert, that's it. Her, her. I really hated her character. But at the same time, you know, she's got to be the dynamic, she's got to be the opposite dynamic of Ripley. True. And that's what I really thought about her. You know, since Ripley's so strong and so awesome, you got to have the opposite dynamic. And okay. so, but I really hated Lambert's character. All right. So, uh, what what about the thing? I also gave it a nine. Well, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the development of each one of them because from the beginning you could see again it was another one of those where you could see the tears of how each person was going to play out. You know, especially a, a fucking McCready, man. I, I goddamn love Kurt Russell. So, you know, I mean, you could see how each one of them was going to play out. And you could tell how it was going to go and, and, and so on. And I really liked I, I really liked it. So I give them both a nine. All right. So, Jay, what is your score for character development for Alien? Uh, Alien was a nine for me as well. Um, just... And this actually, I'm just going to do both at once because it's kind of the same reasons because they're both got a nine okay. um, for, for character wise. But it's just the way how they all, all the personalities work together and the dynamic that each group shares, you know, how it, both of them are equally diverse in ways of uh, attitudes and whatnot. Um, both of them all work they work together really well. Like they play off each other really well. There's a good amount that you don't get bored. Um, and while the thing lets you know that McCready is the badass right from the get go and Ripley kind of builds up to it. I still feel like they both are, are just equally good as far as the development goes. Fair enough. 
Um, well, for me, for Alien, I actually gave character development a 7. Um, I actually feel like the the opening uh, scene of them having uh, lunch with each other after waking up breakfast, whatever you want to call it, uh, is, is actually, it doesn't actually tell you much of anything character-wise because half of them are barely talking. You don't learn that much. And even after watching this movie multiple times, I've watched it four times in the past two to three weeks uh, I don't learn, keep learning stuff about these characters. It's like it took me so many watches to kind of have certain things click for me. Like Lambert, Kenneth says he hates Lambert, and uh, I completely agree. She doesn't want to do anything, but they don't. It's so subtle that she doesn't want to go and do anything, and that she's kind of scared um, to even go. Like when they land on the planet and go out, and Dallas is like, "You're coming with us." And she's like, great, and doesn't really... Like, they didn't build that up. There's a lot of, like, character stuff you have to watch four or five times to kind of get the point because they don't they don't push it. it it's too subtle. Um, and, like, and, see, I, and see, I was the complete opposite. I, I just... I didn't find I, it. I, just I can it. understand why you would feel that way, but I also feel like it's, as opposed to subtle, it's more natural. Like they're not making it obvious, but it's it's more realistic in the way that they they act. Kind of does that make sense? Am I saying no, that I, right? I get I know I yeah. get what you're saying completely, but it just I don't see a lot of character development in this this story. Like there's there's a part with Dallas that I that Dallas went like I don't know. I just I have issues with certain things that certain characters do that I feel are just completely out of nowhere and i have to start questioning like um dallas is a captain and i don't know after watching this so many times over the past couple of weeks i just started going there's not as much character development in this as i thought there was i i assumed there was a lot more character development than there actually was um there there's a lot of times where i i just don't see it um, so I came in kind of low with a seven on that. Um, for the thing, I, I gave it a nine. Uh, I mean, these guys pretty much hit the point with that. Um, yeah, I feel like the thing does it way better where it's it's not exactly subtle. It's not completely overstated. I, their personalities are right there. You you feel their personalities. It feels to me way more natural, way more real. Than anything, even if you look at um, Ash versus um, uh, what's the dog catcher's name? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Clark. Terrible names. You, you you look at Ash yeah, versus Clark. Clark, where they're both kind of like quiet and give you the awkward feeling. And with Ash, I don't even notice it that much until I have to go back and look at it and go, oh man, okay, there was a sign there, there, there was a sign there. As to where in the thing with Clark. I feel like his awkwardness is there from the beginning. You kind of feel like he's not part of the crowd. He he doesn't seem to want to be. He loves his dogs way more. Like, you get that from the get-go. On first watch of both these movies, I feel like you 100% learn way more about each character and how they develop in the thing than you do Alien. And to be fair, part of that is because the way the thing is written, it... it it tracks it better. 
But because of that, I, I think the character development in the thing is way better and is, is almost perfect. Um, and in fact, the only reason I couldn't really give it a 10 is because of certain plot, certain loops they left out on purpose. Um, I, it, it, it made it to where I couldn't go, well, I don't feel like I know everybody completely. Like, it's not like I'm over here like, I can tell you the complete biography of Nalls. Like, I can't. I thought they were both pretty straightforward. I, I mean, feel like you're straight. Okay. I feel like he's not in the least. Okay. Either way, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but like I said, the only one that threw me off was Dallas and Ripley. The rest of the time, man, I, I mean, like I said, I thought it was pretty linear. It was straightforward. But, you know, different strokes, different folks. That's true. That's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Speaking of stroking, uh, pacing and <laughs> editing. Jay, how do you feel about the pacing and editing for Alien? Um, what did I give that? I gave that a 7. Um, I felt it was fairly good, but there are some things that seemed pointless at times. Um, I also feel attention's not a separate category, right? I'm not going to ruin no, a no, different... No, it's not. Okay, good. Um, I also feel like the tension is there consistently, but there's also less than, say, in The Thing because you know exactly what they're up against like quickly into the movie you realize there's an alien and then you you know that they're all after the alien and that's it you don't know who's going to live but you do know what they're fighting whereas the thing since it can be anybody and jumps around you have no idea who is a thing and who isn't all the way up until the end of the movie so and i feel like the tension and events that happen in the thing happen a little faster. I guess I should probably say my score for the thing since I've segued like that. That was a nice uh, segue, though. <laughs> pacing for the thing got an eight, so just a little bit better, but I just feel like I feel like the tension in the thing is more consistent because you not knowing who's who and the events happen with less fluff in the middle. Okay, um, Kenneth, what's, what's your pacing and editing ratings? For Alien, it was an 8. And the reason I gave it an 8 is because even though I prefer slow burn movies, this was from a technical standpoint. So from a technical standpoint, looking at it from an audience's perspective and the time period that it came out and so on and so forth, the pacing to me was just a little bit slow in spots. So... But whereas the thing, I gave the thing an 8.5, and just that .5 a little bit where the tension, I agree with Jay, was just a little bit better. Because I was literally, from the beginning, from, from the moment that the dog is running across the snow to the end of it, even at that point where Childs and McCready are sitting there talking to each other, I was clenching my fists. Because the whole time I was just into it, just on the edge of my seat. you know. And there were a couple of spots in Alien where I kind of came down just a little bit. And so that's the reason why I gave it just that little bit more because, honestly, I think the thing had a better had a better pacing. It kept going straight forward. The tension was good. It kept you engaged, and you just stayed right with it from beginning to end. It was just smooth sailing all the way through. Fair enough. Um, for me, I actually thought I was going to give a 
a lower score than I did to Alien, but I actually gave Alien an 8. Um, I've always called Alien a slow burn. When I would talk to people about this movie, I was like, yeah, it's a slow burn, but keeping it, it's really good. And after watching it, I realized it's not a slow burn. I just got used to a bang every 10 minutes. A, a big pop every, every like, you know, 10, 20 minute segments. And Alien doesn't have that. And to me, like, there's only one part that I feel like Alien really slows to a crawl when it should be very, very high paced. And it's Ripley looking for the cat. Like, when yeah. she's looking for the cat, I'm just like, um, like, they did, like, it's a good, nice, heartfelt moment, I guess, that plays on later, but literally, like, it just really slowed down the movie and, and it made me take a point off. Um, but, I mean, other than that, it hits all the right points. It keeps you very interested the entire time and it keeps you focused. Um, so, I, I actually don't think it's as slow as I used to think it was. Um, maybe it's because I watched the director's cut, which shaves, like, a minute, 35 seconds. Um, and that was all I needed to make it no longer a slow burn. Um, the, for The Thing, I, uh, I gave it a 9. Um, y'all are right on point when, with what y'all said. When this movie starts, it does not stop. It constantly keeps you interested and on your toes and constantly looking for background information. And this movie draws you in. And once you get interested in this movie, which you get interest right away because you're presented with a mystery from the very beginning. The fuck are these dudes shooting at a dog for in a helicopter? Who right. does who does that? Do, like, well, that's go, my weekend activities, actually, but <laughs> Yeah, that's why we couldn't record two weeks ago. Jay was on a weekend family <laughs> vacation shooting dogs in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck clubbing baby seals. <laughs> Helicopter fuel's expensive, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it does. It's, the movie just constantly keeps you in. This movie, like, one, it has almost, like, a small pop every ten minutes. And then you're, and then sometimes it'll be a big pop and then a small pop. And you're almost like, I don't know what kind of pop I'm going to get. Is it a small pop that does the mystery or is it, a, bam, a huge fucking surprise? I'll tell you what, when that dude's chest opened up and ripped that dude's arms off, holy shit. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, uh, didn't see that coming. Yeah. Nope, I did not even think he was a thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with y'all. Uh, we, we all three are pretty much... I gave the pacing to the thing a little bit higher than y'all, but um, I, I think we, we all are pretty in agreement there. So... Let's go into atmosphere. Kenneth, you're a big atmosphere guy. Tell us about the atmosphere. Of alien. alien. Yeah. I got an alien. I gave it an 8.5. It was good. Had me engaged. Uh, it definitely, you know, it definitely gave you the claustrophobia, you know, of being inside because you really can't go anywhere. You know, you're stuck inside the ship. You can't go anywhere, you know. And you're trying, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation thinking to myself, oh my God, there's this fucking thing that I've never seen before in my damn life. And it's in here and I'm stuck in here with it. So I gave it an 8.5. Whereas the thing, I gave it a nine because I think the atmosphere for the thing was better. 
because same thing. You have the isolation of being in the snow, and you you really can't go anywhere because you'll die. But you're stuck here because you'll die. You know, you can take the risk. Whereas an alien, you can't even take the risk. You go out into space, you're fucked. You know, you can't take the risk. You have the possibility of taking the risk and going out into the Arctic and bearing the snow. And, you know, and I'm pretty sure there were a couple of people in this that were involved in this that are like, that snow's looking pretty nice when you got this weird thing, the fucking spider legs and shit coming out of heads and whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I honestly think that it had a better atmosphere for where it was. It was creepy, it was engaging, and it was just, I just, I thought it had a better atmosphere. All right. Jay, what's your ratings? Uh, let me get my, sorry, my, they're on my phone and my phone keeps, uh, Yeah, keeps I have to do the same sleep. thing as I'm jumping through, like, between uh, the alien and the thing. Atmosphere. I got a fucking hard copy. I'm well, hard. I don't because I live in the digital world. Okay. Yeah, bitch. Digital monsters. Kenneth, Digimon. You old ass motherfucker. <laughs> Jay's, Jay's damn near the same age as me, if not the same age. Yeah, well, he likes Digimon and you don't, you old <laughs> son of a bitch. You I can't even tell me who the fuck Greymon is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I love you guys. Uh, atmosphere, I gave an eight to both movies. Um, Pretty much for the same reasons. They're both really good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The examples of isolation. They both give you this feeling of isolation. This team is in space. Like, who knows how far away from the next ship, the next dock, whatever they're looking for. And these guys are in, uh, what is it, Antarctica, right? And Antarctica with the closest station being burnt to a crisp. And we don't know why. Um, at the beginning anyway you don't know why you know why at the end but yeah so I just they both give out this really good feeling of isolation and regardless of which movie you're watching you just you understand that these people have to figure out their own problem because ain't nobody coming to help them that's true um, and the thing I said, I said they get the same rating for the same reason oh yeah that's yeah, right both of them are eight you did. <laughs> hmm. uh, all right, so atmosphere for me, um, I gave Alien a 9. Everything looks dark and distant, yet it always is constantly feeling like it's closing in on you. You feel it. Um, it builds so much of a deep sense inside you. Um, d- to me, this movie, it's the scenery and the settings that really make you feel the atmosphere. It doesn't have to tell you. It doesn't have to build it through dialogue or characters. It is literally all visual. And I think that is one of the most impressive things ever. Because a lot of times, like, an atmosphere to me is in how people talk and how people present themselves. And with me, this, this movie has an atmosphere without even getting into characters. And I think that's crazy. That is just... It fucking amazes me. Um... So for the thing, I actually gave it a little bit lower. I gave it an eight. Um, there's an every time I die line that goes, paranoia is the disease of the unarmed. And I feel like that lyric perfectly fits the atmosphere of this movie because this movie is a perfect example of how atmosphere can be driven by characters and, have, and having those characters not trusting each other in a location that's giving you no remorse 
is is amazing. But I feel like it's easier to push an atmosphere uh, when you know it from characters and you do scenery. So I had to give a, a, a nudge to Alien and let it get a, a little bit higher of a score. All right. So, um, with that... We get into one of the reasons I gave Alien a better score with atmosphere. Scenery and set design. Kenneth, you're not going first. Jay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, both these movies got a seven for me. What? Um, hey, hey, hey. Calm down. They're my fucking scores. God damn you. What? There's <laughs> Okay, so listen. Fucking finish. <laughs> I can't finish when people are yelling at me. It makes me nervous. Really? That's the only way I can finish. <laughs> there's just, there's not much to it. So the sets are fine. They all, they, they both look great. Uh, the spaceship looks and feels like a spaceship would, uh, especially if it was in the 80s, you know. Um, but there's not much, both space and Antarctica are just big open areas. So there's not much to the scenery, in my opinion. There's the insides of the the building, and then the inside of the spaceship, and mo- and that doesn't translate to me into amazing scenery. Uh, they're both very dark and bland, and while you know the sets look fine, they make you feel like you're where you're supposed to be. It's there's just nothing spectacular to it to me, and so that's why I gave I gave both movies a seven in that category. No, I get that. I, I completely get that. Uh, I think, I think Kenneth's about to explain his, and I think he'll explain why, like how he looks at it differently. But I do get that, and I do see where Jay's coming from. So I guess without further ado, um, since Jay rated both those the same, Kenneth, uh, tell us why Jay is wrong. <laughs> I gave Alien a ten. I thought the inside of the Nostromo was fucking amazing. Because it's like, if you really take the time... All right, I'll give you a prime example. When you see Dallas and he goes in there where he's talking to Mother, the inside of that room with all the lights and everything going off, it reminded me of what um, synapses in the brain look like when they're going off. That's exactly what that reminded me of. And that, with Mother being the main part of it, that would be the thinking part of it besides the people. That's where that would be, and it, it, it gave me the, the, the brain thing immediately. And then each each individual area... I thought area, Mother was them communicating with whatever home base is. It is, but the, the, the main part of the computer, that's what that gave me. Because oh, okay. that's, what they, that's where they would need to go to well, talk I, to, to home I don't base. think it was them talking to home base, um, because there's multiple times where they're questioning what they should do, Instead of just directly asking home base, I think Mother was made so that they could have a representation of home base. And it's not them being a direct contact. but So it's an AI as opposed to yeah. direct. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Well, either way, that just furthers exactly what I was saying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that just, that just brings it even home because that's exactly what that reminded me of. And then, like I said, everything else. I mean, everything was built and it looked so good to me. That I thought, and the thing about it is, Ridley Scott had a hand in his set with his set designers in damn near every square foot of his sets for that. And I think it, I think it looked better than any other up to the, up to this point. Looked better than any other inside of a spaceship that I had seen before. 
It didn't remind me of anything else. It didn't remind me of Star Wars. It didn't remind me of anything Oh, it was other. definitely original. Yeah. I mean, it looked fucking phenomenal. I thought it looked great. I gave the thing a seven. Because, you know, when it comes to that one, I thought I thought pretty much the same thing. It's It's buildings in the middle of fucking nowhere. There really ain't a whole lot that you can majorly do with it, in my opinion. You know, you're out in the middle of the Arctic or Antarctica. There's a bunch of snow. There's buildings there. And when you walk inside the buildings, you see normal shit. You know, shelves with stuff on it and, and pool tables and whatever else. I mean, okay. it really, there, really, there really wasn't a whole lot to that to me. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I, can, definitely, I can definitely see that. Um, so, for me, scenery set design, Alien got a 9. Uh, the ship looks amazing. I love looking at everything. Uh, I remember every time I watched this, one of my favorite things is in the opening scene where they're walking us through the ship. And they show that helmet, and then you get the reflection of the screen in the helmet. I always thought that tiny little touch was just so interesting. Um, it's it's one of my favorite things of the movie, especially because when I first saw it, I thought something was going to happen with the helmet, <laughs> and nothing does. Um, it's just a tiny little thing they put there. Um, the planet is dark in a constant storm, and I love that. I thought that was great because it gives an air of mystery to it um, that works really well um and the same thing for inside the alien ship um they a small taste but never enough um and let's be honest that space jockey is just straight gorgeous that is one of the best set pieces i've ever seen i thought the whole ship even even down to the outside of the horseshoe shape and everything i thought it was great I, I mean, because that was another one of those things that you've never really seen before. You've never seen a ship look like that. You know? And I, I completely agree with you. Especially with the space jockey. It looked amazing. Well, that's because the master of UFOs, Ed Wood, never made horseshoe-shaped ships. <laughs> um, and another thing, set design, where the eggs were. The yeah, eggs that, that, that looked really cool. Especially with, you know, that light that was coming across, man, that was like, you know, it it looked like the fog was staying under not underneath the light, you yep. know, with that being a uh, like a warning kind of thing to or, or get ready because you're about to jump on somebody's face. Yeah. So uh, the, I I gave the thing an eight and here's why it is very simple. It is very basic. But sometimes that is exactly what you should be going for. And if you're going to do it, you do it right. I, I think of when I watch this movie, sometimes I think of Deep Blue Sea and just go, they did such a perfect job with the camp base and the thing. And then I think about Deep Blue Sea and how much of a mess their entire thing seems. And it just doesn't seem to fit when you're going through all the corridors and everything. Abyss um, is an example of how you do an underwater base. Yeah, I agree. Wait, what? The abyss. The abyss. Oh yes, yes. The abyss. That is you were talking about deep blue sea, so you, I was saying the yeah, abyss. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking like home base camp setups um, that are stationary and also isolated, and it made me think of deep blue sea. And I've always thought deep blue sea does not make any fucking sense how they have it set up. Um, but the thing does, everything is very simple. The Arctic looks open and closed at the same time. 
um, that everything lives, everything looks lived in. Um, so I gave it an eight because I think it just did a, a solid job of making sure it did not look overboard or too simple. Um, everything looks lived in. Everything looks real. So I, I gave it a solid eight. Um, so now we're going to go into acting. Uh, Kenneth, what, how do you feel about the acting in Alien? Let me pull up my scores here. Oh, okay, I thought it was Alien. a hard copy in front of you, Kenneth. <laughs> I am. I'm running down the paper. Don't uh, look at me. You got soft. It's a nine for Alien. I thought the acting was really, really good. Um, I thought everybody hit their marks the way they were supposed to. Um, I did not feel that anybody really fell short at any point, even down to the chick that played Lambert. As a matter of fact, I think the chick that played Lambert, as much as I hated her character, she did a great job conveying the fear that she had for what was going on. Um, I think the guy, um, can't remember his name, but the chest burster dude, I think, man, when that, when that thing was coming out of his chest, dude, I thought that was amazing. Um, and, and, you know, Sigourney Weaver, for this to be her first real big breakthrough role for her to play it off as well as she did, I thought she did a fantastic job, especially to be a first-timer. Yeah. You know, Tom, Tom Skerritt, he did, you know, Tom Skerritt is Tom Skerritt. You know, he's, I, I pretty much see him as the same dude in just about everything he's in, but he, he, he does it well. Um, Wait, who's Tom you know, Skerritt? Who does he play? Dallas. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, yeah, he's the same in everything he's in, but he does it great. Um, you know, the, the two, uh, I can't remember the name, the black guy and the white guy. I think they did great. You know, it's uh, Brett and Parker, Brett Jeez. And Parker. you elitist. Just, you can't remember the low class engineers. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, gotta make sure they're not going to get, you know, their whole portion. They're you know, not getting their shares. Get, Fuck them. Yeah. They're getting half shares. Uh, but you know, even then, man, I think I think I think everybody did a great job. I thought Bilbo Baggins was amazing um, <laughs> as Ash. I thought he was great. You know, uh, so I really really enjoy the acting in it. Now, the thing, on the other hand, I gave the thing a seven, and you know, I'm kind of I thought Kurt Russell did a great job, but again, Kurt Russell is pretty much the same dude and everything he's in. Um, but uh, everybody else, I mean, it, it was kind of. I don't know. There was a there was a time. There were times where it felt kind of stiff to me for what was going on. Um, you know, uh, Windows, the dude that played Windows, he really. There were moments where he where he was convincing, but there were also other moments where I was just like, he, the way he was acting it out, it kind of pulled me out of it. Especially like when he went and busted the glass and grabbed the shotgun. You know, that I, I really just wasn't feeling it in that moment. Um, let me see. Uh, other than that, I mean, all of them I thought were kind of stiff. Uh, what was it, Clark? His character, you know, even though I think he did the weird, you know, he pulled the weirdness off. At the same time, it was the same. It, it almost felt like felt like it was forced. Yo, it felt like it didn't come naturally to him. The guy who played Clark turned down a role by Steven Spielberg to be at ET for the thing because Spielberg couldn't guarantee it and couldn't give an, him an answer for two weeks. And so he took the thing. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> thing is a better movie. Yeah. I agree there. Fuck E.T. I've never even liked E.T. I don't... I don't. I watched it a ton as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But I have not kid. watched it since I was... Since a, 
getting rid of the VHS as a child. So I watched it a bunch, but I've not watched it since I haven't had any desire to go back and watch it. It just, it was okay, but it doesn't stick with me like some of my other movies from my childhood. Yeah, same thing with me. I watched it a couple of times when I was a kid, but I I don't remember enough about it to even give you a good justification on whether I like it or not. Well, fuck E.T. Jay? Wait, Kenneth, are you done with your acting? Yeah. yeah good, because it was terrible. Jay, can you go into your acting? <laughs> uh, so I'm classically trained. Uh-huh. I uh, I studied abroad, and I've done Broadway. And No, I'm just I, kidding. I, I can't. S- <laughs> I studied abroad one time, but then she slapped me for looking too hard. <laughs> I'll study your broad. Stop staring at my tits. <laughs> uh, I gave both movies a nine for acting. I didn't think there was anybody that didn't do the role justice, in my opinion. Um, it's uh, To be fair, it's, it's very rare that I feel like acting is bad. Um, but in this case, with both movies, I feel like both of them did, everybody involved did a really good job of portraying their characters. And you really ever pers- feel like acting is bad? He watches yes. action movies. What the hell do you expect? You don't really care what hey, acting no, no, okay. is in action so, wait, movies. So, let me finish. I don't watch action statement. movies for the acting. I watch it to watch people shoot and or punch people. Have you seen the Scream TV series? <laughs> Scream? T- yes, I've watched like one or two episodes. That fucking actor is horrible. I don't remember it enough to, to judge it. I got that was the reason why I cut it off fifteen minutes in. All oh, right. see, I, I watched the first and second episode, so I don't know. Either way, back to what I was saying. Um, I just don't feel like I. Oh God, sorry, I'm having a hard time talking. Um, I feel like both movies did. They just everyone was good. There was no. Nobody dropped the ball on the acting. I didn't feel like anybody was phoning it in uh, like I have for some movies. I thought that everyone was great, especially uh, Brain Fart. Kurt Russell, right? Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dallas. That's the, okay, okay. Wait, what? No, uh, McCready. I was fucking with you. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> My brain doesn't work. I was going to say, especially Kurt Russell and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, the leads, I felt they, you know, definitely great movies from both of them. Word. Um, acting for me for Alien, I gave it an 8. There really is no bad acting. Everyone is 100% on point. Um, in fact, the only in fact, the only person that stands out to me acting-wise in this movie was Ash. Um, and that's only after watching it a few times and going back and noticing certain quirks he does and has, especially in that scene where him and Ripley are talking and Ripley's like, why did you disobey my direct order when there, when Dallas um, and, and uh, other dude are off the ship? I'm in direct order. Like that scene means so much more when you go back and rewatch this movie. Um, and he, he really stood out for him. Um, and I also think it's a good thing that he's the only person that stands out to me because it makes it feel a bit more realer. Um, acting for the thing, I also gave a seven. Everyone did a fine job, but there, there's no standout acting in this movie to me. Um, and you can kind of tell for a couple of the guys that it is one of their first big roles. Um, they, they do, I agree with Kenneth, they do kind of come off stiff. Um, and maybe there should have been a second take done at certain points. Um, but I don't think any of the acting is bad by any means. I just don't think there's anything 
crazy. Uh, they did perfect with what they were given, and uh, their dialogue came off really well. I think Kurt Russell definitely had the hardest acting to do in the movie, and he definitely handled it like a professional. Um, Fuck yeah, he's Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get into... Wide Earth, man. Yeah. Let's get into Jay's favorite thing, special effects. Jay, what do you give special effects for Alien? Yeah, uh, I gave Alien a nine. Almost perfect, but not quite. Uh, mainly because of the finale. Um, you can tell just the uh, when they show the alien full on outside the ship. You're just like, yeah, that was kind of it's kind of weak compared to the rest of the movie. Um, maybe they just weren't ready for a full on full bodied alien just yet. Um but everything want, else was great. The uh, the alien head when it's when Ripley's like sitting there and the second mouth comes out and it's like drooling on her and she's like, "Don't kill me, please." I want um, full frontal alien, damn it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so almost perfect, but just misses the mark at that end scene. Um, and then everything else is kind of just playing. There's really not any other special effects that don't revolve around the alien, but the the. The chest burster, the face hugger, that was all fantastic. Fantastically done. All right. So what about the thing? Uh, Ten. Absolutely perfect. Uh, they did more with their creature, I feel, than, than Alien. And it was just absolutely mind-blowing the first time I watched it. That's There's really not much more for me to say. Like, Mark it's just... it. That's our first perfect ten score given so far. It's just, it's absolutely, absolutely perfect. No, it's not, because I gave a 10 to the scenery for Alien. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you? Yep. Nope, that wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, well, I'm a terrible host, Kenneth. I don't keep up with what y'all do. Um, Kenneth, what do you give the, spe the special effects score for Alien and the Thing? I gave both of them a 9. Both of them because, a 9. Yeah, because I have issues with both. You know, like, uh, for instance, when the chest burster comes out and then you see it hightail it across the floor, it looked like it was on wheels and somebody was pulling it across the floor or across the table. Uh, that was one of the biggest issues that I had. That was one of those things that irritated me, aside from Ash's head. Oh, I'll get into that one. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, and then for the special effects for the thing, you know, they I, I can see where they were going and where it's really, really good. I had my own issues with that. Like, for instance, you know, I think me and you had already talked about this before, but Windows' body, when he's getting flailed around, you know, I really didn't care for that. And the biggest thing that I didn't care for is all the special effects look really waxy to me. You know, they were way too, everything was just way too shiny. Yeah. You know, even the, even the areas where it wasn't, you know, if, if it's covered in blood, then that's one thing. Or if it's covered in whatever kind of liquid there is, because there was all different colors of liquid in this movie. But for the thing, man, it was just way too waxy. There was there was areas where, you know, like uh, that the the two heads kind of that were like melted but pulled apart almost looked like the uh, twins in Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, you know that looked really really waxy to me. You know, and I guess it, I guess maybe it was because, you know, at first when I first saw it, I was just like, oh, well, it's burned and it's not completely human or whatever else. Because you can tell when you look at it that it's bound to not be completely human. But everything kind of looks that way. And I didn't care for it. Not to mention I didn't like the blood as much 
and I and I always have a hard time with this in certain movies because if it looks too orangish, not reddish, but orangish, I really don't care for it. But either way, it was still good special effects. It's just that was my issues with it. Mm. Well, for me, special effects for Alien gets an eight, and you get an you you're, you're not allowed to have a nine because there is no way you should have let that ash scene stay. I'm sorry, no, you should have just kept the live action ash head there and cut out everything with the fucking fake ash head because that looked so terrible that it was it was a decade behind in special effects. How? They let that stay in. I'm sorry. They could have re. They could have just. They could have made that scene work with just a live ash head. It would have been fine. And I, I, there was no need to see Ripley try to set the head up right. No, that looked fucking terrible. And it's the only thing in the movie that really pisses me off, because it's like, it, it's like getting handed. The perfect slice of pizza. And you're almost done with it. And it keeps getting better and better and better. And then you bite something that, that just doesn't seem right. The texture is off. and Like a pineapple? Like a pineapple or something like that. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck? But you, 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 you swallow it. You get past it. You keep going and everything gets good again. But when you think back about that pizza, you're like, man, that pizza could have been perfect. That could have been a damn perfect pizza, except for Ash's fucking head. And I just watched it because that's what's on the TV right now, and, and and it does, man. I mean, it just looks it looks terrible. It looks like people complain about the the thing where they talk about the skin uh, looking kind of gray when the special effects are happening in the thing, and I'm just like, have you seen Ash's head? It literally looks like dried fucking uh, bukkake on Roger from American Dad. The fuck, like, don't complain to me about gray skin in the thing. Complain to me about gray skin, uh, dry bukkake in, in fucking Alien. Oh, it pisses yeah. me off so bad. Uh, <laughs> You're so angry, I love it. But the special effects in the thing, I, I, I give a, a nine. I think, um, uh, the one really bad one is, is Windows body flailing around, like Kenneth said, and people do complain about the, the gray, uh, skin color you have. When you have, like, Norris, when, like, his head's ripping up and shit. Um, I, that's never really bothered me. And I can actually get over the the fake body just because that's not the worst fake flailing body ever. Like, I know it's not fair to jump back to the 1930s and 1940s. But literally, have you seen when they throw bodies at, like, the end of Frankenstein? It's fucking terrible. Like, no one yeah. thought to, like, make any kind of body part slightly stiff. Yeah. Um, it's it's but, just one of those things. Yeah, and so while some of the things in the thing can kind of look slightly corny like that, I, I think overall it works way better. And I think it's one of those movies much like The Fly, because for some reason we're just going to... The Fly is, like, third place in this category, in, in this genre. Um, but... It, 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 it is a movie that, like, when people talk about this movie, the first thing they talk about is special effects. 100%. No one, when they first talk about Alien, talks about special effects. They, they, but when you talk about John Carpenter and the Thing, you talk about special effects. Um, so I, I gave it a 9. Um, 
if it wasn't for that bad body scene, I probably could have gave it a 10 because I can live with everything else. But that I can't give it a 10 because of that body, even though I, I give it kind of a pass on it. So what are special effects in a horror movie unless we got some kills and some gore? So, uh, Kenneth, kills and gore for Alien and the Thing. All right, so kills for Alien would be a six. I thought the kills in Alien were really weak because it was, you know, a lot of it was off screen. Uh, what you did see was so close up that, you know, uh, you you have to do, you know, where, it, you know, like being off screen, you have to use a lot of your informa- uh, a lot of your uh, imagination. Like the first time I ever watched this, I didn't realize that the alien, the inside mouth, the inside tongue thing was hitting him in the skull. You know, I didn't realize that the first time. Yeah, I can see you that. You know, and and I really wish, like, you know, you see that scene where the tail is coming up behind Lambert's legs? You know, I really wish they had showed that because I really hated her character and I would love to have seen something more than just screaming. You know, I, I really wanted to see her get picked up by the tail and shook around like another one. So uh, that was the reason why I gave it a six because everything, you know, from ki- the kills-wise was just pretty, eh. It was just kind of weak. I think the best one was the chestburster, the best kill. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the best one. Um, for the thing, uh, I gave it a nine because I thought the kills were really good. Um, you know, I thought they were inventive, the way that some of them came up. Uh, one of my favorites is, uh, let me see, I got it in my notes. Where, what's this dude's name? Uh, Bennings. When Bennings kind of gets a drug off by the tentacles, and then you know he uh, he comes out later and his arms are all wonky looking and shit like that, I thought that was pretty good. Um, uh, when dude gets his arms pulled off, that was a pretty cool kill uh, with the stomach opening up. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, so I mean, obviously, and I think we all can agree that the thing had better kills. Yep, uh, Jay, go ahead and agree with him. Uh, I agree with you. Jerry, what scores did you give it? <laughs> well, you still have to tell us your scores. <laughs> uh, Alien was a six for me. Again, pretty much the same reasons as Kenneth. Um, a lot of them were like the silhouette-style kills from older horror movies, or they just happen off-screen while you hear people screaming and so on and so forth. Uh, the thing, I gave another 10 in the kills department because they were all super entertaining to me. And mixed with the amazing special effects, I just beautiful, just beautiful. Well then, um, hey, I don't, I don't know who Andrew Alaville Art is, but he drew a cool picture of uh, the Elephant Man that one of you shared on our Facebook. I just did that now, and he he just said much appreciated, thank you. So we'll, we'll have to tell him he gets a shout out on this. Uh, uh, on this podcast in the middle of it Andrew Alviller Art um, A-L-V-I-L-L-A-R um, Art check him out on Facebook that was pretty cool we shared it on our Facebook You'll, you can go back and see that back on March 26 um, I'm uh, I'm I'm with uh, with y'all pretty much also uh, Kills for Alien 6 um 
my favorite kill in Alien was not even a kill. It was what happens before the kill. And then I watched the director's cut and found out he didn't even die then. So I was like, well, there goes that. Um, so Talk about Dallas? Yeah. Because um, I love that scene where, where <laughs> Dallas lights up and then the alien's right there sticking his arms out. Um, I've always loved that. And I was like, man, that would have been such a cool death to see. And then with the director's cut, I find out that he didn't die. He's being saved for food later, I guess. I don't know. He's being cocooned. And um, Ripley then kills him by setting him on fire. So I'm with y'all on that. There's really not not much to say at all. Um, the, the, the chest burster for Kane is really the only good kill. Um, and the thing I gave a nine, there's so many good kills Gore is fantastic, and one of the things I love about the thing is it walks a very fine balance uh, with not grossing you out. Um, I have a hard time watching some of Cronenberg's stuff because the body horror he does kind of grosses me out sometimes, um, especially in like The Brood and Videodrome and even a little bit in The Thing. But Alien does it in a way where I'm never grossed out at all. I'm always like, man, that looked awesome. That was a fucking sweet kill. That dude's arms got tore up. Um, so I, I never have that issue with him. So, um, yeah, I guess that was an easy one to do. So let's go into the monster. Um, Jay, uh, let's let you go first for, for the monster. No. Okay, Kenneth. Um, <laughs> uh, monster for Alien, I gave a nine. Um, almost perfect. Again, it, that, that last scene where it just looks so goofy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Xenomorph is a classic staple of, of monsters in the world of horror. Um, it's iconic in ways that other monsters can't be. Um, like, I'd say just... It's as popular of a design as like the mummy and Frankenstein's monster in terms of, you know, that kind of thing. Actually, that's a different category. I should probably leave that. Uh, no, I <laughs> leave that for later. Like, um, but yeah, just the design, um, the the liquid, the the double mouth, the shape of its head, the tail, the the extra spine things that come out of its back is just just absolutely gorgeous and super iconic in the world of horror um however i gave the thing a 10 because again they did more with it and there's no one specific shape it ever takes um it's the dog opening its mouth the dogs all together with the tentacle monster the big mass of bullshit at the end of the movie um when the dude's head separates and turns into a spider, it's just, there's so many different forms for it. And going back to the special effects, I feel like the special effects were better for it. And so overall, I think the monster and the thing is better than the alien and alien. And so it got a 10 versus a nine. Three tens in a row for you. Um, man, uh, it's like you like the thing or something. Um, nope. It's a shitty movie. Yeah, uh, I know with that bullshit at the end. Um, Kenneth, <laughs> where are you at? Alien gets a 10 for me. I thought the Xenomorph was fucking amazing. Um, 
the design of it was beautiful. It was sleek. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just want to rub my hands across his head while I jerk off. I mean, it was it, it's amazing. The liquid coming you down his mouth. You a lot of jerk-off jokes. <laughs> it's because I do that quite often. Uh, You're but, doing it right I'm, now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but the liquid coming out of its mouth, the, the 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 second tongue thing coming out, I mean, all of it, tail, the how it looked as a suit, I thought was really, really good. Um, I can kind of see where Jay's coming from at the end of it, but I think that was I, I think that was more of a piss poor choice of camera angle than anything. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's all that was. But you know the whole the whole design of it I thought was amazing, and also for the fact that you know they went to such a source to get the design for it. I thought it was awesome as well because they wanted something that was going to be different and they wanted something that was going to be out there and that would become an icon. And by choosing Geiger to do the design for the Xenomorph, I thought that was a perfect, a perfect match. And I just thought it was great. Um, for the thing, I gave it an eight. I thought that there was a, you know, there was really a lot of cool things that were done with it. Uh, the, you know, the little tentacles coming out and then the spider head and whatever else. But my biggest complaint is the fact that you don't see what it actually is. You only see manifestations of, of different things. You don't see it itself. And obviously there was something that it was that the thing was encased in the ice. Now, for all we know, that could have been just it, whatever it, its last morph was before it came out. But the point is, is that that was my biggest issue is that we never actually see what it is. That's true. Cause I'm very curious as to what it like would have looked like originally. Um, for me, for monster, I gave alien uh, a 10. It's a great design. It's, um, I think it works great. in the fact in this movie that you never get a full clear shot of it, it's always slightly in the shadows. In fact, there was a scene that I had never noticed before until I watched it um, my second viewing for this show because I bought a 4K TV and I, I had a PS4 hooked up to it and I watched my Blu-ray. And uh, the scene right before it kills Brett when he's in the room with the chains and the water coming down, which, by the way, the fuck is that room? What room in your spaceship has water dripping down in chains. Like, they just had a, a fucking... That's like the drip room. Yeah. Duh. What was it? Aquaman's fucking uh, Hellraiser room? I really don't understand what that fucking room was. But anyway. Might, might be some kind of boiler room or some shit. Who, who fuck knows? Maybe. It might be the thing... It might be the, th the room that creates air. Oh, that could be it. Um, But, um... I had never noticed that the alien was hanging up there swinging on the, on the chains. Never so noticed wicked, that. So wicked, man. In my life, I, have, I never saw that until this time. And I was like, holy shit. I paused it, rewound it, hit play. And I was like, how did I never notice this ever? Um, so I thought that was... It's so yeah. wicked, man. I loved it. Um, yeah, so I, I think that a lot of times seeing it in like... Odd camera angles in short burst works really well for it. It is, it is a well designed monster, and I'm glad they let uh, Geiger design it. I'm glad they let it keep the penis bones on its back. 
um, so that we have uh, some sort of Geiger's weird sexuality in it. Um, because those are penises on its back, right? No. No? No. I'm pretty sure they're penises. They're like it don't wal- matter. Any it's po- like a walrus penis. You're a walrus penis. I I used to be, but well, now that I think about it, if you know, after watching Tusk and seeing the shape of the walrus penis in Tusk, then that does it. It does kind of fucking look like it. Yeah. So, um, for the thing, I I gave it a nine. Um. While I love the the monster and I love the fact that it can be everything and take so many different forms, and when you first see its existence as it fucking opens up like a flower on this dog's face and it spits the skull out with its tongue, like, oh my god, it's amazing. But because there's no one image of it, that hurts it a little for me. There's no, like, for instance, um... Fright Rags put out a collection of The Thing shirts recently. I did not want a single one of the fucking shirts that had The Thing on it because I, I just don't care for, like, when when it's just the spider head, I'm like, no. When it's just the fucking two faces spreading apart, I'm like, no. Like, I, I, I just don't... I like it as a whole, but I don't like it as an individual. Um... I like what it does. I like what it represents. I don't care that there's not one solid image of what it actually is. Um, so I, I'm on like the complete opposite side of the spectrum than Jay for that. Um, yeah. That was the reason why I got the score that I did with me. It's the same reason. Yeah, because you copied me even though you went first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's go into... Um, Hero. Kenneth, what you got to say about this hero? I, I thought McCready was a better hero than Ripley. Well, explain this and, and your score. All right, my score for Alien was 8.5 and my score for The Thing was 9. They were very close to each other. I liked Ripley's development, but the thing about McCready was is McCready was just that badass, surly dude from the beginning. And, and, and it's one of those things where... I just could not help but like the guy, you know, because he was just this asshole kind of drunk, you know, but real serious. You know what I'm saying? It's like white earth in the snow, you know, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought McCready was just to be between the two movies. He was a better hero. Fair enough. Is that is that all you have to say about it? Yeah. Okay. Much uh, Jay. Uh, yes. Yes, uh, scores. Uh, hero. Let's see here. I look under H and file that under there. Uh, I gave both heroes tens for different reasons. So Ripley goes from being just a regular, you know, spaceship second in command or whatever she is, to uh, I'm not going to let this alien do anything to me, and I'm going to kick its ass no matter what it takes. Badass. And so just that transformation and then we see continue to develop in further movies is is I love it. I, I've always loved that that part of her watching her go from just a regular a regular person to a badass that fights these human eating aliens. 
Whereas McCready went from like a hard ass who's just trying to run a fucking Antarctica outpost, gets pissed off at chess machines, to I'm going to protect everyone and I'm not going to let this thing get out there, even if it costs me my own life. Um, so I just like their their character development's kind of similar. It's just McCready starts as a badass and just gets even more badass at the end. And Ripley starts as a regular person and ends up being a badass by the end. So I uh, I I like them both for those reasons. Fair enough. Um, for me, I gave uh, the hero for Alien a nine. Uh, Ripley is a great hero. Uh, she starts off by the books and has to make really tough choices. And she's a she's a fighter. Like when I see her, I just want to start seeing Destiny's Child. I'm like, she's a survivor. She's gonna make it. No, no, no. She does look better in cotton panties than McCready, though. I'll give you that. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, she does not. Get out. We, we uh, did an ep- one of the episodes for Married with Children, uh, the poker game. We talked about this on the Married with Children podcast. Fuck it. One of the guys, they're talking about their perfect women and they're building them out of body parts. And they talk about the butt. And one of the dudes says Sigourney Weaver. And I was just like. She had a butt. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Of course it was the white guy that said it, but still, I was just like, come the fuck on. Anyway, but she's a badass, and she's more than cotton panties. She is the <laughs> prime example. A great belly button. The, <laughs> wow. Who, I am currently looking at that belly button. Okay, Um. so uh, I was going to go on this whole thing about how she is a perfectly done example of how to make a female hero. You do not, you don't have to over-sexualize her. You don't even have to sexualize her at all. She is, is badass as a person as a human being you don't even have to give a shit about what her gender is and that's fantastic at no point does anyone question her based off her gender at no point does she make a decision where that you're just like oh yeah of course a woman would do that no she every decision she makes she makes as a human being and you feel that and i think that's very important in fact, it's so important that the biggest female hero in video games, Samus Aran of Metroid, is completely based off of Ripley. She is the quintessential how to make a female hero. Do you hear me, Zack Snyder? How to make a female hero? You just wait, watched wait. Alien. You but, fuck. What? But I think, in my opinion, I think Ripley gets more badass as the series progresses. That's true. In this in this one, in the first one, I don't see her as, you know, Miss Badass Bitch, kick ass, you know, fucking kill them all kind of person. I don't see her as that. I don't I either. see her in I see her in this one as as the typical female lead woman in just about any any other horror movie except for she's a little bit more stronger. She's got a lot of that. But she to me, she she's in the same boat as Jamie Lee Curtis in uh, Halloween. I gotta disagree with you right there. Um because But just in dude, this one. No 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 no, no yeah, and I'm I talking disagree. about in this one, I disagree because in in with your final girls, quote unquote, from horror movies, it is pushed that they are females. It is 
pushed that, oh, well, they're innocent while all their friends are slutty. If you look at Friday the 13th, you look at Halloween, it's the female aspect of it is very pushed. And one of the things I like about Alien is that it's never a question of her of her being a female. Like I said, everything she does is done as a human and not... At no point do you go, oh, yeah, she's a woman. Like, it doesn't matter. She's just a fucking human. And I think, like, her character could be a guy or a girl and nothing would change whatsoever that is the epitome of of being equal right there and i just don't see her as a standard female lead at all she i i think they actually broke ground with this movie and how they created ripley and treated ripley in fact i was watching the special features and they were talking about they wrote every single character so that it could be a a male or female and they didn't actually know what they were going to go with until they really started casting and then they started making choices. So the whole script was written where everyone could have been a male or female in the movie. And I, I mean, I still personally, I'd I also like to point way. out that at the end of Halloween, it's the doctor that saves Lori. She doesn't become a badass and kill Michael. She just happens to survive the longest. Whereas Ripley, everyone else dies and she just like bucks up and is like, all right, I'm going to fucking live and I'm going to save the cat while doing it. <laughs> but well, the point that I'm trying to make is I'm not looking at it from a gender standpoint. I'm just putting her in the spot with those, you know, with those women, but I'm not doing it because she's a woman. No, I'm I understand what you're you doing. What I'm, I'm saying, saying yeah, it's not the same know? to me as a slasher survivor who just happens to, to live. But, she like, she took the initiative to save herself and get rid of the alien at the end. But the biggest difference that I'm trying to make is the difference between her character for like part two and for this one, because in this one, you can see the major she's that she's got that bell, that fucking Billy badass, you know, I'm fucking, you know, king bitch in the second one. She has that. You know what I'm saying? Whereas she doesn't in this one. And I think a lot of it's got to do with the, you know, obviously it's got to do with the story and, and, you know, what she goes through in this. But, you know, that's the reason why, why I feel the way I do about her character in this one. And that's the reason why I like McCready better. I watched, I watched aliens the other day. Um, and, uh, I fucking hate what they did with her. And, um, I don't like that they made her more queen bitch, even though she went through enough shit. She should have the right to be like, look, y'all are not taking this serious. But I don't like the fact that uh, they gave her a fucking love interest with fucking one dude who's fucking one note. Aliens is not that great of a movie. Like as an you action shut movie, your mouth. Well, I'm just saying like we'll have to tackle aliens because uh, as an action movie, it's entertaining. But it throws everything else to the side for the sake of action. And the character development is fucking terrible. The dialogue is fucking horrible. Like, what they did to Ripley in that movie to me is fucking stupid. The ending fight scene is not really that fucking good at all. Ugh, like... And I... I, But back on point... I'm sorry. Back on point, I... I I cannot get behind anything you're saying, Kenneth, at all. Um, I mean, and that's fine, you know. I mean, that like I said, that's I was just doing for for me why I like McCready better. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me get into my McCready. Um, Maya McCready. Uh, he got a nine. Also, um, he's a great anti-hero. 
He's not by the books. He is very much in the moment. He's the guy who who you could know at the bar. He could be the the guy that everyone in the high school knows, everyone's cool with. Um, he he has a very realistic reaction to almost every situation. When he starts getting paranoid, he he goes a little crazy and grabs dynamite, but he comes back around, realizes what's up, and takes control of the situation. He he's so good. He knows what to do and how to do it, um, but not without flaws. You know when he he threatens everyone to blow up fucking everyone with dynamite. He's not like perfect. Like and so I just think he's a great fucking antihero. Um, he he's a very good example of being just like realistic. You see ups, you see downs, you see flaws, you see pros, but none of it's super exploitive. It's very, very solid. Um, so, yeah, I gave him a nine. And before we get into the next category, another reason why I like McCready is because He's it sexy. seems like to me, yeah, besides that, it seems like to me that when he came back, he just knew in the back of his head that something was fucked up. You know, he knew it. Like, Ripley, don't don't get me wrong, when, when they came in from the airlock and she didn't want to let him in, I mean, granted, you know, that was great foreshadowing, but at the same time, you know, that's typical. Yeah, that uh, was, that's that was tip- her just that's following tip- the book. Right, that's typical protocol for that situation. McCready, on the other hand, he knew. He knew that something was fucked up, and you can see it specifically when he hears the racket and runs straight to the alarm. Yeah. He knew. And that's the reason why, that's another reason why I liked him better. Yeah. So, all right, let's um, let's get into soundtrack. Um, I don't know whose turn it is to go. So, I'll go. Jay, you go ahead. Uh, these are going to be my least talked about because I am terrible analyzing things like this. Uh, they both got a seven. I'm with you there. Uh, the the music for the at- that the added to the atmosphere is really good, but there's not a single track that really sticks with me. You know, like there's no. There's no Halloween theme in these two movies. There's nothing that that uh, sticks out that I absolutely that I would listen to outside of just watching the movies. And so they just got seven because the sound was good, like the music was good, and it added to the atmosphere and the movie itself. But nothing was just like amazingly stand out for me. So that's seven on both parts: the thing and Alien. All right, um, Kenneth. Uh, I gave Alien an eight point five, and I gave the thing an eight. Um, I oh. actually got on. I got on YouTube and listened to it both. Wait, you gave Alien soundtrack an eight? I thought you gave it a seven. No, I gave it an eight point five. No, I mean I meant the thing. You gave a seven. Did I? I'm pretty sure you did. Let me let me go check and make sure I didn't mess up your your score. Uh, score seven, yeah. Oh, is that the one that I sent you a message afterwards and I said it was supposed to be an eight? Oh, okay. <laughs> I will fix that on air, sir. I'm sorry womp, I failed womp, you. Womp. Um, how, how fucking dare I, you know what? I'm fired. Kenneth, you're the new host. (laughs) But I mean, like I said, I got on YouTube and I listened to both of them and, you know, because it's kind of difficult to really take, take the time to focus on the scores, um, for, uh, for them when you're watching it, because you're kind of more involved in the story. And I think that's good with the score because the score kind of really went into, you know, keeping you engaged into the story, which I thought was cool. But at the same time, to me, listening to them by themselves and not while that, I think I think that Alien had a little bit more of an eerie 
kind of sound to it to me versus you know uh versus the thing where you could definitely hear that here were the influences from uh john carpenter in it because it kind of has that that 80s you know kind of feel to it it almost like there was instances in the score where it almost kind of re- very loosely reminded me of shit like in the dead series like dawn of the dead and day of the dead very very loosely but it was there and uh you know, I think that was the difference between the two of them because, you know, the thing seems a little bit more synthesized to me than whereas Alien seems a little bit more or- or- orchestral. So Kenneth is now officially the go-to guy for when we talk about movie soundtracks because um, I think he's the only one that gives a shit. Because, um, damn, I that give was a good. Shit. I just, it, yes, it was very good. There's more words than I could come up with. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, so my soundtrack, I, I gave Alien a five. Um, Damn, bro. I, I, I'm not the best when it comes to music that there's no lyrics to. Kenneth knows this. I'm a lyrics guy, and like I don't li- like I don't listen to video game music. I usually mute my video games unless I have to have it for like. Doom. You have several video game music vinyls. Well, yeah, but I put them on as background music, like when I'm recording videos. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, I hate them. Look at this $300 collection of video game music. Um, but, uh, I don't notice it a lot. Like people do, like people will talk about, Oh my God, the music, like there are some of these, like the music in final fantasy six, I love, but I'm just not a big soundtrack guy. Like I'm a big lyrics person. I like, I like words and I like how people pronounce words. So you know what? if a movie itself is not very good, but the music is, I dance. tend to notice the music more. No, like it follows. I hated it follows, but the soundtrack is amazing. I was like, what? We'll get into that on another th- time. We don't <laughs> have just time saying. to I'm just go into an that. I know, but get back to soundtrack. I could hear Kenneth loading guns over there. So, oh my well, god! Like sh- uh, things, it so. follows. So Jerry liked it. Follows. So fuck you. I, I actually did. Um. So soundtrack. I gave Alien a five just because I'm not that big on noticing things like that. Nothing stood out to me whatsoever um and that's that's why i got a five it did nothing that made me go oh damn but it also did nothing that made me go the fuck are they playing like i was always in the movie it never took me out of it in a good or bad way um the thing gets one point above it at a six just because i like the dumb dumb <laughs> in the beginning i just i you i should really... watch law and order then i do law and order svu is my motherfucking shit um so i just like that thump thump at the beginning um so now that kenneth sounds super intelligent and i sound dumb as shit um scare the difference here is is i'm a musician that's true hey i can rap i got bars son see me on the street kenneth knows i can rap he's heard this shit actually kenneth is actually a really good rapper uh too but he can't freestyle, but he can rap fast as shit. Something y'all don't know about this metalhead over here named Kenneth, who used to have Tupac posters in his room. Hey, man, I still give it up for Tupac. Motherfucker's amazing. I don't like Tupac. Biggie all day, son. Um, so, uh, okay. Scare factor. Uh, Kenneth, ah! kick us off. Oh, <laughs> all right, so scare factor. I give a 9.5 to Alien. Because I just thought... You know, whereas even though it was lacking in the gory parts for the kills, I still think it was, to me, 
it was more scary and creepy because it wasn't in your face. Like, whereas, you know, I gave the, I gave the uh, thing a nine and, you know, where it, it was still, pre- there were still moments where I was just like, Ugh, you know, but for the most part, that's what it was. It was more of, it, you know, the combination of the special effects with what was going on really just kind of made me feel, you know, like I saw a spider run across the floor, you know, versus, you know, it, it getting to me on a deeper level, not as extreme as some movies I've watched, but still, you know, the, the thought of having a face hugger on my face, dude, that was just, I mean, there's, it's just fucking scary all the way around. I can't, I can't even put it any other way. It's just fucking scary. And then the way that, uh, dude conveyed the, the chest burster coming out, the terror that you would felt of, you would feel when you start feeling that thing come out. It was just, it, I, I, it was one of those things, man, where it just got me on a deeper level than the thing did. All right, well, a point five above the thing, nine point five and nine. That's that's pretty solid. Um, Jay, where are you at? Uh, in my office, enjoying doing a podcast with my friends. Oh, oh, okay. You mean <laughs> score wise? Uh, <laughs> Alien. I gave an eight. Again, this comes back to the tension where I think some of it is lost. Uh, versus the thing, anyway. You know, in comparison to. Because you see the alien and you know what's going on. Uh, of course, you don't know who's going to die, as I said earlier, but that's just that. But yeah, I'd say scare factor for alien is an eight. Um, jump scares really just don't do it for me anymore. And so it, there's not really like it's creepy. Uh, and like Kenneth said, the chestburster scene and the face hugger and the acting involved with those scenes were fantastic. Um but not very scary. Uh, the thing gets a nine just because there's more freaky shit going on in there. Yeah, get freaky. That's that's it. I don't. There's not much to say about that category. Super freak, super freak. He's super freaky. Okay. Um, you know, I I was thinking when I said the soundtrack about this, um, how. I have all of y'all's scores um, because I was doing all the math and stuff like that, but y'all haven't heard my scores yet. And uh, I'm going to have another one that shocks you here in a second. So Alien, I gave it eight. Um, I generally really like the the f- like the jump scares in Alien because I think they work. Um, I have never been so scared of a cat in my life when I first saw Alien. Like, that... I jumped. <laughs> um, uh, when Dallas gets caught, that that made me jump um, because I was tense watching this for the first time when I had watched it. I remember specifically jumping the first time with the cat and then jumping with Dallas. Um, the second cat jump didn't get me, but um, th- they worked. They made me jump. Um, the thing, on the other hand, I, uh, I gave a six. I have never been scared by this movie whatsoever. Um... I, I, I feel the tension of the characters. I, I understand their fear. But I am so intrigued by the mystery that I'm never once thinking about my own fear. And I, I can't even do what me and Kenneth normally do and put ourselves in this situation for the thing. I just can't. I've never been able to because I'm constantly... I forget about it and I just think about the mystery. And I'm constantly trying to figure out one more thing um, of, of trying to like just 
to figure out, oh, that dog, whose room did it go into? Was that Windows? Was it the other guy? Who was it? Like, I'm just so caught up in the mystery, I never get scared, and I've never been able to put myself in that position. Um, so I know that's kind of a low score to give the thing, but that that's that's just me on that one. Yeah, and I mean, there's really, there's really no... Uh... Like I said, everything's pretty much in your face with the thing. You know, there's really not, there's really not anything that can get you to me that can get you on like a terror level. And that's what. And when I watch horror movies, that's what really gets me. If it's something that could be that I would be able to see as t- literally terrifying, if I were in that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like to bring the terror to the surface for me. To you know, that's what. That's a lot of times what really does it for me. And and the thing just didn't do it. Yeah. All right. So um, the next three categories um, are slightly different. Um, Two of them are are very much um, opinion based. Um, So we'll get into those. Um, Entertainment. How 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 well you were entertained when you watched this movie. Um, Jay, tell us about your entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, I gave Alien an eight. Uh, and that's mainly due to its pacing earlier, where, like I said, I feel like there's some things that just aren't necessary. And so when it loses its steam for me a little bit, that uh, that kills the entertainment. Uh, and where was I going? There it is. Uh, on the thing, I gave a nine just because same reasons for pacing, essentially. It's just it's there's more for me. I just am more entertained by what's going on in the thing than I am in alien all right um kenneth i give an eight to them both just because for the most part they keep me they keep me entertained um both of them uh, both of them keep me entertained at the same level but for different reasons like i agree with you on the thing where it's like you know to me it's like watching a fucking sci-fi mystery you know you're trying to figure stuff out you know even after you watch it the first time you know, you watch it the second time and you're trying to figure out more shit that you may have left out or something like that, you know, or something that you missed. So that's what the way it kind of was for me. And for Alien, it was more of, you know, I enjoyed the the terror part of it and the feeling tense and and so on. So I give them both an eight. They're still pretty entertaining. They're not the most entertaining movies in the fucking world, but they're still, you know, enjoyable to watch. Okay. Um for entertainment wise, I gave Alien an eight. It's 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 solid. Every time I I watch it, it's good. It kind of stays at the same note the almost entire movie, with a little bit changing at the very very end. Um, it's a it's a slow build up, but it's a steady build up. And I watch it. It's like what it's 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 like going on a, a roller a, the like most basic roller coaster at the at this park it's not it's you've been on it so many times you know it's good you have fun but it's never it's never that like top notch for me um if that makes any sense to anyone but myself um so it's a very reliable if i want to watch a movie and be entertained i can put on um alien cuz i know it's going to entertain me um the thing I'm sure a lot of people saw this coming. Um, a ten. Every time I watch this movie, I love it. Um, it has every single thing I need to enjoy. Every single category is firing on all cylinders for me. 
apparently except soundtrack. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm always intrigued. I've never once watched this movie and been bored or laid back. I'm always interested and I'm always looking for something new. Um, I'm just entertained like a motherfucker when I watch this. Um, but hand in hand with entertainment is our next category, rewatchability. Um, and I specifically did this because I thought when I wrote down entertainment, I was like, you know what? Entertainment is funny how well, how hand to hand that goes with rewatchability because you would never rewatch something if it didn't entertain you. Um, and so because of that, I wanted rewatchability to be a category. Um, so Kenneth rewatchability for these movies for you. Uh, the rewatchability is actually higher for the thing. Um, I got a 7.5 for the thing and a seven for alien. Um, because it's the reason why they got lower scores is because I do believe that both of these movies are, are, are something that you have to be in the mood to watch. You know, it's not one of those movies like, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to throw this one out there. It's not one of those movies like Back to the Future or Indiana Jones where you can just throw those in and be entertained by it immediately. Wait, you know? people put on Back to the Future at any time to be entertained? Oh, yeah, my God. You don't movies. like Back to the Future? No, I don't. Why would you Holy watch Back fuck. to the Future when you can watch Teen Wolf? Oh. Or that one. That's another good example. Oh, you know? my God, you got these movies that are just you got these movies that are just like that, you know, uh, that you can just throw in and be entertained from from the get go versus a movie like this or The Thing or something like that. You really have to be in the mood to watch it. But when you do watch it, you will be entertained. And, you know, it also comes from the love of these movies. So I think it does have a good rewatchability. But at the same time, it's not the you know, it's not the other ones where you can just watch it all the time. All right, Jay. I'm mad at you. I know. <laughs> uh, which category on? I've forgotten now. Rewatchability? Rewatchability. Yeah. Uh, Alien got a seven. Thing got an eight. Pretty much for the same reasons I've listed when it comes to pacing and entertainment and everything else. I just, I like the thing more. I feel like I can watch it more and enjoy it more on each. Sig- uh, I forgot the word I was going to say each uh, consecutive viewing, whereas the Alien, uh, if, like, I'd watch it if I wanted to watch Aliens, just so I could refresh my memory kind of deal. Okay. Um, One of the reasons that I I thought would be interesting, because I honestly thought that entertainment and rewatchability would get the same scores, Um, and if they got the same scores, I was going to say, maybe next time we'll just combine those. But it's very interesting to me that y'all did not actually do the same scores. Um, I did. I, I like to me, Aliens rewatchability is an eight. I've watched it so much now that I've literally caught one new thing just because it was brighter on a 4K TV, and it's the first time I've caught something new in forever. You just know the story after you wa- after you watch Alien three times, you probably have it down. There's probably nothing new for you. Um, and so I know it's going to be good every time I rewatch it, um, but it's just gotten to a point where, unless this is your favorite movie, it's not something I I would watch every year. It's something I'll watch every couple of years at this point in my life. The thing, on the other hand, Kenneth said it's a movie you have to be in the mood for. That mood is breathing. As long as you are breathing, you can watch <laughs> the thing. Uh, it gets a fucking ten. 
it gets a, a hot 10, a sexy 10. It gets the sexiest 10 you can because every time I rewatch it, I am constantly trying to notice when a character gives a certain clue. Who's hiding? Who's real? Is is the choice that that person just made or the words that they just said because they're infected or not? Are they hiding something or are they clear? Like, going back and trying to, to constantly find something new is exciting for me when I watch this movie. Um, and I think because of that, this movie rewatchability is super high it's like a movie it's like a video game that has multiple endings this is a movie that has multiple cues for you to try to pick up um it's like uh it's like a memento in a way um not that hardcore but you get the point um and uh i fucking love it damn it um so our next category our last category of the night Cult and pop culture status. Kenneth, where you at? Alien gets a 10 for pop culture status. And then the thing gets a 6. And the reason why I gave Alien a 10 is because I don't give a fuck who you are. You go to just about anybody in the United States. Because I'm not going to say the world, but I'm going to say the United States. And Japan. And just... And Japan. We'll give Japan and probably Australia. You give Fuck the Australia. big ones. I'm just kidding. And, and Europe because, goddamn, uh, a lot of this was filmed over there. You give it any of the big majors. You give them that. And you ask them if they've seen Alien or show them, what the, show them the Xenomorph and they know it. They know it. But the crazy thing about it is, and I, me and you had the discussion about this, the sequel to me is what put the first one in pop culture status. The sequels are what made it. I feel the same way about other movies that are out there, but the single, the sequels are what made Alien a pop culture icon. Whereas The Thing, even though amongst horror movie people, amongst people like us, you know, and people that were around at the time that the movie came out, know who it is. The, the, the Thing itself is not an icon. The only place where it is an icon is amongst us, amongst people like us who know it for its special effects, who know it for uh, its, you know, the status of where it is with it being John Carpenter and so on. That's that's uh, that's about us. That's about horror fans. Whereas Alien is fucking worldwide. Everybody knows who it is, if not for anything else. You know, it may not have been the first four, but when AVP came out, everybody knows what it is. Yeah. Um, Jay, where are you at? Um, I'm in the same boat as Kenneth with different scores. Let's see. Um, pop culture, I gave nine to an alien. Pretty much for the same reasons that he said. The Xenomorph is, and I said this earlier, is like one of the most iconic sci-fi monsters ever. It's imitated in everything from parody movies to children's cartoons um to video games like we fucking got xenomorph the nes game with the fucking ripoff of xenomorph on the cover mm-hmm. or uh, whatever it was called um so it's just it's way more iconic ripley is more iconic as as a character um and like kenneth is i think that has to do again with there being more than one movie too um, 
but yeah, Alien just is is at the top out of these two movies when it comes to pop culture. Uh, the thing I gave an eight to because at least amongst horror fans, it's still really well known. Um, it's a really solid movie. It's a really solid sci-fi movie. Uh, there has been other media made about it, so I don't think it's it's like in obscurity at all. I just think it's less popular with mainstream people than Alien. Yeah, um, and I'm pretty much with them. Um, pop culture status for Alien is a 10. Um, it inspired video games with Metroid and inspired Contra, which is like one of the That's best true. games on the NES. Um, it's um, It gave us one of the greatest female uh, heroes of all time. Um, it, it's a household name. Alien is a household name as to where the thing gets an 8 because the thing in the genre is known. Whether it's sci-fi, whether it's horror, it is known. Everyone who who's into that knows that. But if you just go ask, you know, uh, random uh, Joe Bob down the street, he he's not going to know what you're talking about. Um, and, if, I mean, y'all pretty much said it. I, the, the only problem with me going last is sometimes y'all say exactly... Uh, the right things in all the right times. Um, but I do want to point out. And I'll honestly, go ahead. Uh, I want to point out one thing when it comes to thing. One of the reasons the thing did not get the pop culture status that it should have is because it had to go against E.T. Uh, at the box office. Um, because they released the thing earlier than they were going to. So it lost a lot of marketing and had to go up against E.T., a feel-good family alien movie. But it blew up on its home video release. That's where it became a legend. That's where it became a, a cult sensation. Um, but unfortunately, uh, a VHS ain't a movie theater. So you, you get an eight. And And honestly, I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't think that the thing would have as much of outside of horror fans, you know, because we all think that it's a great film. I don't, I don't think it would have as much even in the mainstream if it didn't have John Carpenter's name at the beginning of it, because Halloween was so mainstream. So, you know, with him putting John Carpenter's the thing on it, I think that in itself even projected it as even further into the mainstream for where it went. You know, I think with it, I think that's what took it as far as it went with it fighting against E.T. Yeah, and let's be honest. The real reason that people don't talk about the thing <coughs> more is because Alien is a dick to cats. And the thing is a dick to dogs. <laughs> and we all know there's more dog lovers than there's cat lovers because there's more fucking sheep here uh, in America. And uh, that's the real reason. You all know it. Um, so we have more dog lovers because... They need a herd sheep. I'm no, very confused. no, because people are sheep. Oh, but I honestly, sheeple. I honestly believe that Alien would be sitting in the same boat as the thing if it hadn't have spawned the sequels that it spawned, and now we're into them Prometheus and Alien Covenant and all the rest of that stuff. I honestly think that if it hadn't spawned as much as it had, we'd be sitting in the same boat. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, because, because uh, you know, uh, James Cameron doing Aliens, you know, whether you like the movie or whether you don't, that's where it took off. James Cameron's best movie is Piranha 2, The Spawning. I said it. I don't care what you people think. Yep, well, you're an idiot who doesn't like action movies, so. Right. 
Also true. Uh, I also gotta say, Alien has a much better. Uh, I'm not Alien. The Thing has a much better better title screen. Like that title screen is fucking amazing for the Thing. Alien is kind of meh. I don't know. I dig Alien, but uh, so we have um. Let's get into final scores, and then we'll go into final thoughts, and we have, like, three other categories we're going to just talk about real quick in comparisons. Um, so, my scores, Alien got 122 out of 150, and The Thing got 126 out of 150. So, The Thing wins for me on a technical aspect. Um and what's interesting is I am the most middle of the road for our scores. Though we all are pretty low. Well, only because Jay's score is a little bit lower than mine on Alien. Um, so Jay gave Alien a total score of 121 out of 150. And the thing got 131 um for its score. Jay had the lowest scoring for Alien and the highest scoring for the thing. That makes sense. Um, Kenneth had a... Alien was 129 out of 150, which is the highest score for uh, Alien. And a 122, which was the same score as my Alien, for the thing. He gave 122 out of 150 for the thing. Um, It's very interesting. I was very more middle of the road um jay was was very much um to the two extreme points and uh kenneth was just wrong uh no uh i think kenneth's score is is very had a big jump on alien at 129 and a lot of it comes down to um his scoring of the soundtrack which is very interesting um now there's there's uh some reasons why we did these movies is the comparison of sci-fi and horror of the space versus the arctic um the space is just one ship and one planet the planet's hostile the ship is confining there's only so far you can go there's tons of places to hide but there's not a lot of places you can go um the arctic on the other hand can let you outside but you won't last long in the weather so they both the space is cold their ship is the base. They're both pretty equal to me. They're, they're on equal footings. One can't go out into space because there's no oxygen. One can't go out in their cold because you'll freeze to death. One is stuck in a ship. One is stuck in a base. Um, do y'all have anything like y'all want to say about the, the comparison of using, this, using outer space versus the Arctic? Uh, like I said in my scenery scores, I feel like they're both pretty pretty equal on being a ton of nothingness. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, Kenneth? I think space is just more scary to me. It's more scary. I mean, I can understand. I understand the aspects of both, and I describe the aspects of both. But to me, space is just more scary. Because, you know, once you get sucked out into space, if you don't have a spacesuit on, that's it. Done, over. You ain't even going to have time to freeze to death. You, you know, basically all the air is going to rush out of your body immediately, you know, and, and there's no telling what else. I mean, there's theories about what happens to people in space and, you know, from from damn being turned inside out to all kinds of other shit, you know, versus being in the Arctic where you if you don't get killed by the creature, you're just going to freeze to death. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, and then and then if you got a spacesuit on, I've thought about this too because I watched uh, that movie Deep Impact, and 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 when they're on that fucking asteroid or whatever, and one of the guy hits a gas pocket and it shoots him off into space. Okay, yeah. can you imagine? Can you can you imagine? I mean, I, I can't. I can't fathom how terrifying that would be to be in a spacesuit, floating off into space. And, and and there's nothing you can do. You're basically just sitting there waiting on your air to run out. That is pretty terrifying. Suffocation always, like, makes me uneasy. At um, least in the Arctic. At least in the Arctic, you have the possibility of somebody coming around and finding you before you freeze to death. When no, you're floating not, off, not at night. That's what they were saying. But still, I mean, think about it, though. I mean, even that minimal half a percent, quarter of a percent chance that somebody will find you in space when you're floating out into space there's nothing uh, I, it, I would agree with you if this was like normal like snowy areas like mountains something like that but in the arctic it's too far to the extreme that there is no one percent chance you're fucked um i mean especially I just, at night i just look at it like you know even that quarter percent chance makes the difference all to me because you know there's there's no gravity to slow you down when you're in space so once something projects you out there you know uh, uh something that's in motion wants to stay in motion you're just going to keep floating away yeah. and and you're just watching you're watching any any hope that you have whatsoever of people just just get smaller and smaller and smaller yeah now i will give space the worst death because you're going to run out of oxygen Compared to in if you die in the cold weather, a lot of people talk about it as if you're just going to fall asleep. You're just going to like just freeze and drift off. Um, I'm sure it still hurts and everything, but I feel like the death in space is a, a little worse. Um, I, and I wanted to bring up one more thing about Ripley and McCready. Um, one of the big things that happens with Ripley is her staying by the book and not letting... The one person on the ship who who could die, because they could die out there, but if they come on the ship, everyone's contaminated. Like, she risked, she wasn't willing to risk everyone's life over one person's life. Um, that was not, like, a, a easy decision for her to make, and it, it wasn't a question of morality. It wasn't, are you a good person, are you a bad person? It, it's, it's a very tough decision, and I think in this movie... In the director's cut, you get the added scene of Lambert slapping her, and that really should be in there because without that scene, never once did I think about that part of the movie. But with the added uh, scene of Lambert slapping Ripley, it made me go, "Holy shit!" Let me think back about this. Like, she she even goes against the captain. She tells the captain, "No, you're wrong. You're breaking rules. All of this, like, that's." That's very important to her character, um, and it's something that I don't see a lot of people talk about that I think really should. Um, and then with McCready, like, almost from the get-go, he's just a helicopter pilot, but it almost seems like he's the leader. The guy that actually is the, the, the leader of everyone in the thing, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Gary. Like, he's the one that's the, the actual manager, and um, no one listens to him. Everyone listens to McCready. And you have to wonder if it's, is it McCready's just that cool of a guy 
does he have the presence about him? Um, and it seems like when shit, like, y'all both brought up how McCready acts when he comes back from being betrayed by Nalls and he kind of goes a little crazy and then takes, but then he comes back and takes over the situation and kind of is the, he leads everyone back to some kind of sane level. Um, and it's almost like he knows the truth about people. He's so realistic in his views. Um, and I also, I got to point out the endings here also. Um, there is no happy ending in the thing at all. It's not even a clear ending because there's still an air of mystery. But the fact that there is no happy ending in the in the thing is fantastic. Um, Kenneth knows, uh, Kenneth showed me a movie once called London. Um, and it's became my favorite uh, romantic movie because it doesn't have a, uh, a typical Hollywood happy ending. And uh, the thing is a perfect example of why I think more horror movies should end without that happy ending. Because it is horror. And it really strikes at home at the end. I like the ending of Alien. It's very uplifting. And you're like, yes, she made it. Her and the cat are out of there. Um, but with the thing, it's just like, holy shit, man. That was true horror. That was outside horror. That was the horror of an alien being from out there coming to us. That was inside horror. The true horror and the true evil is inside of us. And because it was a combination of those two things, there was no happy ending. That is true horror. And that is one of the reasons why I think John Carpenter's Thing is one of the greatest movies ever made. Awesome. I I agree. I, I like the way it now. ended. I think I think one of the biggest uh, the biggest issues that I have with the ending um, was from a special effects standpoint at the end of the at the end of Alien, you know. And it wasn't because I didn't like the way the alien looked in the suit, even though I I agree with Jay that was kind of a piss poor uh, way to end it. But my biggest thing was when they were showing the water or showing the lights, it looked like water was dripping down on the camera, and to me that just doesn't seem like it would it would be quite right in space. Do y'all get that? I've got to go back and watch that because I didn't even notice um, the alien suit looking bad at that thing. So I got to go back and rewatch that and see if I can see where y'all are coming from. But, you know, look at, look where the, where, where the camera is underneath the light shining down from that ship that she's in. And you see, it looks like water coming down on the camera lens. I just didn't like that. Is it like a shitty lens flare or something or? No, it literally looks like water dropping, dropping, dripping down. Like, damn, you've got the camera up underneath a pipe. Oh, okay. I, I will go back and look at that. Um, and I just didn't like it. It just didn't seem like something. It didn't seem like something would look that way on, in, in space. And it seems like one of those things that was just kind of, you know, I don't know whether Ridley Scott was doing it on purpose for to to get some kind of effect. But if he did, it was, you know. Uh, it wasn't done quite right in my opinion or if it was just you know not paying attention or whatever i don't know i just maybe, didn't like it maybe it was uh the space's boiler room or maybe that's where maybe. space makes oxygen <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, all right so uh jay do you have any uh final thoughts you want to say about alien or the thing uh i think honestly all my thoughts have been 
expressed and I'd just be repeating myself at this point. Uh, I've got a bonus question for you both, though, if you've both played these. If not, then it's not going to matter. Uh, the Thing for PS2 or Alien Isolation for all the systems it's on? Um, Which game, if you played them both, did you prefer? I have not played either, but I've read the stories for both of them. Um, and the story for The Thing on PlayStation 2 is fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> and the Alien story for Alien Isolation was actually pretty good. So I've not played either one of them, but from a story perspective, Alien Isolation. Fair enough. I haven't played the thing, but I'll be honest with you on Alien Isolation. There were moments when, as I was playing the game, I was falling asleep. What? Yeah, straight up. That doesn't make any like, sense to me. Yeah, like yeah, like while I was playing, I was sitting here playing the game, and I'm like, I'm nodding off while I'm playing the game. Yo, but for real, the arcade down the street from me has the Alien vs. Predator arcade machine. And that recent, game is fantastic. Nice. Recent, I played the shit nice. out of that, and it was awesome. It's like, if you've ever played the Super Nintendo version, nothing compared to the arcade one. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, And uh, Alien Clonal Marines is probably one of the best games ever made. Um, Sorry, that was a joke for anyone uh, who, who had the unfortunate event of playing that game. That was a PS3. terrible game. Um, I haven't played it. Joke. Oh god, it's horrible. Um, I haven't played it. Don't. Thought about giving it a shot. I'm pretty sure I could pick it up somewhere for a buck or two. Yeah, as I say, pick if it you up can for spend buck. it for a buck, do it. Um, so before we get out of here, I just want to say two things. Uh, thank you to uh, Jamie. Uh, you will know her from the Skeleton Crew, Evil Episodes, uh, Liking It, The Werewolf Podcast, uh, ABCs of Hidden Horror, uh, Cinema Beef, and 700 other uh, podcast because somehow she does 700 podcasts. Uh, she did our intro and it was great. Um, she is definitely plays a very, very good version of the most interesting woman in uh, podcast um, instead of being the most interesting man in the world. Um, Don't we got to do our overall score? Like not, not our technical overall score, but like our one through five. Yeah, you're right. Let's uh, let me finish talking about how awesome Jamie is, and then we'll do that, and then I'll do the other thing, um, which is all just in me going. Thank you very much, Jamie, for doing that. I greatly appreciate it. You fit us in your busy schedule, and it was amazing. And without further ado, our standard rating of one through five. Uh, Kenneth, you brought it up. So, Kenneth, what is your one through five score for Alien? Five. And the thing. Four. Fuck you. Um, Jay, my boy, he's about to hook me up. Alien. Uh, three. Wow. Um, the thing. Four. What the fuck, Jay? It's, I told you, perfect scores are for perfect things, and the movie itself, while but, some of its individual categories are perfect, is, this is, is not a, a perfect movie. But this is, This no, is not a technical store. This is how you, how you this feel. Is, this is I know ne- it's how I feel, and it's not a perfect movie. But no, 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 no. It's the Netflix score. It's, it's, uh, one, hated it, two, didn't like it, three, liked it, four, really liked it, and five, loved it. Fine, then, five and four. Five for the thing, yes. four for Alien. That's what I'm talking about. I forced Jay into it. Um, <laughs> Alien gets a four, I really do like it, um, and the thing gets a five, because fuck Jay, it's a fucking perfect movie. Uh Obviously, it's not a perfect movie because I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. I would wonder uh, if we had to do 
Jaws and The Exorcist and whatever movie Jay considers to be like his all-time perfect movie, what if we broke it down into technical ratings, how it would end up going? Like, if we really sat down... Kenneth, do you honestly think you could give, like, perfect 10 throughout the entire rating system for uh, Exorcist? I really... I mean, for me not to, I would really have to pick it apart. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, I mean, like, severely pick it apart. I would have to be so anal about it that any kind of person having a normal conversation with me would get pissed off in the first five seconds. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really like it when you're anal. I mean, when I'm anal, when one of us is anal. Um, okay, fair enough. I like to watch. <laughs> I like to watch. So, um, and without further ado, our next show, we will actually have a uh, guest with us. Um, we're going to have the very analytical uh, Watson from Horror Corridor He's going to join us as we tackle one of the greatest exploitation films ever made from the man behind uh, one of Jay's favorite movies, A Nightmare on Elm Street. We are going to tackle Wes Craven's The Last House on the Left. So everyone get excited for that. Um, I love The Last House on the Left. I can't wait to watch Wieners Get Bitten. Woo! Spoilers. Um, But yeah, so we're going to have Watson for that. It's... From Horror Corridor, um, we gonna get. He's gonna sound smart. Um, I'm gonna sound dumb. It's gonna be great. Um, so it's please, gonna be interesting to have four of us. It will be interesting. It's gonna make me. It's gonna make my job harder. Um, but I think it's gonna I, make me hard. Period. I was, man. Yeah. God damn it! You said it before I did. I was yeah. gonna be like it's gonna make my dick harder. Yeah, I win this one. Kenneth just se- couldn't seem to spit that out fast enough. Yeah, I do tend to swallow. So, um, anyway, guys, that's it for our first episode of Horror Coliseum. The Thing won um, for a two out of three vote, both technical and personal feelings. So, John Carpenter's The Thing is the greatest sci-fi horror movie of all time. It's been settled. Um, If anyone ever brings this up, just send to this podcast. So... Thank you. I still think Alien was better. You shut your dirty whore mouth, you fucking communist. (laughs) Um, This was Kill the Cast. You can find us in all the normal places. If you're listening to this, you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or you download it. I don't know how you did it, but thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash kill the cast. We also have a Facebook group that you should join because I post a lot of pictures in there. Um, And uh, it's really fun. I get we get sexy in there sometimes too. You gotta be careful with us. Um, and uh, coming soon, we will have a shirt which will probably be out a little bit after this podcast comes out. So if you really like that Kill the Cast logo and you want that on a shirt, it is coming for you. Um, we love you. Uh, stay out outer space. Stay out of the Arctic. They're dangerous. Uh, Jay, do you have any parting words? Um, I love you guys. Us or the listeners? Both. Oh, All of shit. you. Feeling pretty, uh, pretty lovey right now. I'm feeling- Jay's got a lot of love to give. <laughs> I got a lot of love to give. Unfortunately, it doesn't last very long. Um, Kenneth, any parting words? 
Um, face huggers are creepy. All righty then. And <laughs> as for me, uh, I'm going to take my Ace Ventura ass out of here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, let us know what you want us to do for the next Horror Coliseum. Because um, we don't have anything picked out yet. Um, but we'll probably do another one in the next, you know, I don't know, maybe two months from now or something. We'll figure it out. Um, that's it. We're out. Goodbye. Later. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew. Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Yeah, fuck you too!